0: We're so excited today! We have a beautiful black girl doing shit with us. Um, her name is Simone Redwine, which I love your last name. Thank um, you. <laughs> she is a powerful trial attorney. She's recovered millions for her clients, um, excelling especially in wrongful death and injury cases. Um, Simone has a strong background in finance and business as well, which we'll get into in this conversation. Um, she's a beautiful Dallas native who is committed to her community. She's an advocate for expunging criminal records and has taken um, high, taken on high-profile cases as well. Um, and beyond the courtroom, some of you might know Simone from television or YouTube. Um, I know her from OWN's show Ready to Love. And I'm really excited that you're here because I met you on or heard your story on Clubhouse, Um, we were talking about the kind of viral Risa Tisa uh, TikTok story. And you came up and said, I have a story as well. And it was extremely compelling. I feel like a lot of the comments I saw were like, you know, this could never happen to me. And like all of these things. And there were so many women in that room who were like actually Something similar has happened, or this has happened to me. So I would love for our audience to hear your story and for us to learn from what from your experience.
1: All right, y'all, it's time for the group chat. Sure, absolutely, girl. I don't even know where to start though. So you guys, as the journalists, can definitely help guide me because there's just there's just so much. Actually, just before uh, while I was doing my makeup for this, I was listening to a one of Risa Tisa's lives where Mm -hmm. she was elaborating on things. And I was just like, there this is just way too common. And I think what resonated most when I heard Risa Tisa's story is when people asked her, you know, how do you think you fell for this? She just said, you know, I just thought it was finally my time. Mm -hmm. And that resonated with me because I feel like, you know, we're taught as young ladies, if you do good in school you go to college, you get a good job. Then you're going to have all these dating options and you're going to get a great man and be happily ever after psych <laughs> psych. Yep. And so I did all of the things I, you know, at 16, I got a full ride to the university of Pittsburgh to study finance, graduated magna cum laude, got a, almost a full ride to Cornell law, like 75%. Um, Did my thing there, started out, got a great job upon graduation in the middle of a recession. I did the things, I built my own firm. And so I'm like, great, now it's my turn. And I just think that I was so uh, emotionally drained from all of of the achievements and doing all of the things that once I decided it was my turn, I also decided it was my turn to take a break Mm. from being Mm. so on. And that this is going to be my time to just like enjoy the dating and enjoy being a woman and not having to be in control all the time and not having to ask 10 million questions like I do in depositions. Mm. Um, But it was that I feel like exhaustion, which is what allowed me to make the mistakes that got me into, you know, the toxic relationship I was in.
0: So for those who do not know the relationship, it was started on this show on own ready to love. Correct. Um, so you all met on the show and it wasn't just TV stuff. You actually fell in love. Right. Um. And at that time, did you do did the show do any sort of severe background check on who these people were? Or, you know, were you just like trusting that they did the background work for you?
1: so and to clarify so on the show we didn't end together because it's one of those where you know couples end. but we started Mm -hmm. our our dating right we started that on the show and then we picked it up off camera after the show ended we continued to date in real life and yes the show did do a background check and they did a background check on him and the thing is there would have been no red flags there um because an I'll get to that later. So the show did their background check. There was nothing there. And then when we started our relationship, I did another background check on him. I ran one on myself. We also did credit reports and we exchanged the two. The two of us actually started a YouTube channel. He mm-hmm. he now has control over it exclusively. But I don't know if it's still up or not. But on this channel, there it was there where the two of us exchanged backgrounds. But the way, see, the way that deceit works with those kinds of people. I see those kinds of people. I mean, the ones who deal with the demons like my ex has and like Risa Tisa's guy. They pick women who love really, really hard. Mm. They pick women who are tired. They pick women who just want to be loved because they know we are less likely to ask questions, number one. And number two, we are so transparent with what they want, with what we want that they are able to hear what we want and pretend to be it. Mm. In my situation, because he knew I did background checks, it just helped him heighten his scheme. So what he would do, uh, because I did both background checks and credit reports, and our issues were financial. So he would just get uh, debts in other people's names. That way I couldn't find them. So he was always two steps ahead of me. So when you're dealing with a true liar, right, they're so good at it that they know what you're going to do and then they just perfect their lives. So there's no changing a liar. And that's what you have to really like get down to. And I think with Risa Tisa, like in the beginning, she it got to a point where she talked about like, I just wanted to see what lie was going to come up with next. Um, there's no changing them. They just get better at it. So the more you stick around, the more you're enabling it. So- They did the background checks. The show did the checks. Um, Nothing came up. I did my check. Nothing came up because all of the debts and all of those things were always in other people's names.
0: Okay. So to your credit, there were no red flags immediately. Like the background checks were coming.
1: Correct. In fact, he came to me and he said, you know, I'm not rich, right? Because on the show, he like shows up. And like a rented, not rented, like a leased. He has like a leased Bentley and like these extravagant things. Mm -hmm. But I never picked him for money because one, it was a pandemic and I did his PPP loan. Like I knew he didn't have any money. So he said, Mm -hmm. he's like, hey, you know, I'm not rich, right? I said, yeah, I knew you're not rich. I did your PPP loan. Um, But I also know that this is the pandemic. You're in the auto industry. So much has like just stopped because of COVID. He also had explained that he used to make twenty to thirty thousand a month selling cars and was a top salesperson in the city and then almost nationally uh for the car brand that he worked for. So what I my understanding was what he is telling me is hey, I used to be great. I went through some things and got a divorce. I just need a woman who's gonna help me get back to my greatness. Mm-hmm. Boom, bam, gotcha. That I can do. <laughs> you know, that's not yeah. building there. That's you know, just helping someone get back to who they naturally are, and mm-hmm. that I would be okay with, particularly in the middle of a pandemic when everybody is is at a point where we're realizing all of the things that we thought were so safe and secure with our lives were're not you know, so many people were rebuilding them
0: right, okay. so you do the background check. it's clean you already know that he's like kind of on a down time, but he's about to get back up. So you're right. going to work with him as a partner mm-hmm. should. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you find out that there are issues? Like where, uh, when do you find red flags?
1: Right. I start finding red flags when we create, we create a plan together and then, but we're not progressing. And I'm not understanding why we're not progressing if we're both sticking to the plan. So the plan was this. It was, I'm going to help you get out of these debts because he had bought a business. He bought a franchise after his divorce to show his ex, his ex-wife divorced him for doing the exact same things he did did to me, which was, Mm. um, my therapist calls it financial abuse, which was doing things with their money, with their savings, with their stuff and losing it all, basically gambling the money away through for business decisions. So he then went and bought a franchise. Um, he knew nothing about trying to impress her or what have you, and it went under. So the, the plan was I was going to help him either. I would go to court on his behalf and knock out all his debts. Um, but also he was to build up his credit and specifically the rule was you will not take out any, or, any more credit for anything if you can't qualify for it in your name, in your name alone, or perhaps me as a co-signer. But that would only be if you bring the idea to me, I agree with it, and then I would cosign. that. This is Good Moms Bad Choices here to interrupt your regularly scheduled programming. You are cordially invited to our live tour, Confessions of a Good Mom.
0: Are you bored? Tired of those badass kids? Doing the same shit every weekend? Well, it's time
1: to come to the Judgment Free Zone. We're bringing our sold-out live show back on the road with surprise guests, musical performances, and a lot of naughty confessions. Grab your hoochie gear. Grab your girl. Grab your man. Because this is the perfect date night. Or hell, come find your tribe. Get free. And have some fun. And no, you don't got to be a mama to kick it. So click the link in this episode description and join us in Philly on March 13th, D.C. March 14th, New York, March 16th, Atlanta, April 21st, and Houston, April 18th. Click the link in this episode description and we'll see you there.
2: Hey, group chat. Have you ever wondered what's in the products you use on a daily basis? L, like the letter, is a brand committed to providing you period care products inspired by nature, made without dyes, fragrances, and synthetic pesticides. Their pads have a breathable cotton top layer and plant-based core, and their tampons contain an organic cotton core. Not only can you feel good about L's ingredients, but also L's price. With tampons and pads that protect for under $5 a month, Elle believes access to period care is not only a fundamental right for everyone, but an opportunity for change as well. That's why Elle is on a mission to make exceptional period care accessible for all by providing funding each year to nonprofit community-based organizations around the world. And they're focused on period care accessibility, menstrual health education, and employment opportunities. So if you're looking for a brand that aligns with your values of giving back and using products inspired by nature. Look no further than L. If you want to learn more about their mission or browse their full range of products, visit their website at thisisl.com. And the next time you're in the period care aisle, look for L pads and tampons. Choose love, choose L, and tell them that Black Girls Texting sent you. Hey, group chat. It's Shade, And y'all know I love to shop black, okay? There's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily lifestyle. And you can show black founders some love so easily, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. So go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned brands you can add to your daily routine. Some of my personal favorites are the Do Hair Care, they get my twists out poppin', okay? The Lip Bar, they have a red lip that can go on any hue, And if you have not tried Partake Cookies, they are so delicious. So I highly recommend you go on over to walmart.com slash black and unlimited and tell them that Black Girls Texting sent you. And now we're back with more Black Girls Texting.
1: So, so, but really what it was, was he lied about how much debts he had. I had, he lied about the debts and he kept getting more. The biggest red flag for me was he came home with this, it was a Porsche. And this was two or three months before our engagement, but he comes home with it telling me he got it and he's going to flip it effectively. Like, oh, they're selling for more than the sticker price I'm going to sell. He's like, but first I'm going to drive us around for three months. And I'm like, well, that sounds stupid <laughs> because, you know, no, I did not know. Until after the poop hit the fan, this was a hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars car he purchased in his mama's name. Not in his mama's name. In his mama's name, and she's a senior citizen, retired. It's terrible. No income. So again, the plan was, and this this was the plan that we had while boyfriend and girlfriend pre-engagement. It was you don't get nothing that you can't approve in your name, right? Because that's and the reason we perfect. had this rule. Is because the Bentley he was driving, um, he had this, he he was not a businessman. His business model was, I'm going to get things in my name. And then when people come to town and they want to be fancy, I'll rent it to them.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Okay. But I knew that with his Bentley that he did that with at the end of the lease of the Bentley, he had to give the Bentley company $30,000 because he didn't have a business plan. And so he couldn't afford the monthly note so he kept renting it so basically he ran the miles up so high that he owed the bentley company 30,000 well when we knew the miles were up a lot i said why don't you just turn it in he said i can't it's in someone else's name mm. that was and that was that was before we structured the plan because he told me that and i saw him go in a safe and get this money i mean he's he has money at points and and pay this bentley company this $30,000 For the overage, I said, okay, that's why you don't get things in other people's names. But months later, he does it again this time in his mother's name. And so he brings, so the red flag was he brings the car home. And I'm like, why is this still here? Like six months later, why haven't you sold it? He doesn't tell me, but while, so he takes him like six months, I guess, to decide to start selling or three, the three months. He uh, brings it to a dealership, has it on the lot, and it gets wrecked. An 18-wheeler hits it.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: The $125,000 car is now worth 85000 And it's in his mama's name. So he can't even turn it. Or if he turns it in, it would be a ding to her credit. Right. His genius plan is to just keep driving it. So he's been driving it now for almost two years. And the monthly payment is almost 3000 a month. So oh I'm gosh. trying to figure out, I'm going to court for you. I'm knocking out your debt. I'm doing these things. But but why monthly are we not breaking even? Why am I having to take on the load for this? Why do I have to pay you a salary? Oh, yeah. He he had asked me to pay him 2500 a month. To, oh, wait, uh, wait, wait.
0: For what? You were paying him <laughs> a salary? Yeah. Or he asked you to pay him That's, a salary? Oh, yeah. That
1: should have been. Okay. Let's see. That'll be the number one red flag.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why would you be? Why would he? How did he explain that? Why would you be paying he
1: was advising him? Advising me on my law firm. He was helping with, with the marketing.
2: Chow. Because here's what I'm hearing. I'm like, wait. He and you answer this for me. Like, do you think that he met you and was like, "Oh, she has a lot of credentials. She's gonna turn my shit
1: around." Yes, a hundred percent. He only like he has a type. The women that he's like. They look like me, but they're all highly, highly successful. All of them are highly successful. Mm. And he leads us to believe that he is too. And so that's how come I knew the 20 to 30K a month, the this, the that. Like the Bentley, Like I never even rode in the Bentley. So I, I just thought the Bentley was something, literally it was part of the business model. He rents it because he has an exotic luxury rental business. Totally fine. So it wasn't like, you know, that's what he was pulling. I I don't even remember what kind of car he drove. It was, it was, it was something, actually, he often had his mama's car or he had like a Prius and I like those things. Like when I see Prius, I'm like, oh, that's an up and coming millionaire. All millionaires have those. They like, oh, he had a Tesla. He had a Tesla. They had like good gas miles, like those things. Like I love those kind of like reasonable decisions and I'm hella frugal. I grew up black community in Oak Cliff, which is a community in Dallas. Like I grew up and I was a finance major. So I'm always worried about money from the perspective of making sure I live conservatively now so I can be comfortable in retirement. I'm not the extravagant one. Um, so, so yeah, I guess him asking me to give him a salary to help me with my law firm. Cause I, and the thing is, when those things were happening, I didn't even know they were red flags. Um, and I say that because, like, I remember saying, like, oh, yeah, he helped me get an office and da 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 But then once we moved into the office, I had to pay, even though he moved his business into the office, too. So both of us had our businesses from the <laughs> same office. I had to pay the rent, and then I had to pay him $2,500 a month's salary. When he wasn't doing – he was supposed to be the director of marketing. He never made me – He never broke even, not once. And by broke even, Mm -hmm. I mean with his salary that I was paying him. And so I started to say, I said, hey, you're going to need to at least break even if you want me to give you a salary. I'm not paying myself a salary. So I need you to at least break even for me. He said, you're not paying me enough to work full time. And I need an assistant. So then I had to buy, I pay him, pay an assistant for him. Basically, the assistant was the person he was trying to was supposed to do it full time, and then he was just going to be over that person. So that was an extra three thousand a month. So he he was five thousand a month. I had to pay for him to help, not bring me business to my business, and I didn't even have a salary. So I mean, I had the the plan wasn't working because I'm doing all. Of, I'm doing what I think is right, right. I'm letting him lead. Me into a ditch. Um, but I'm also doing what I think, like, I, you know, we're told, like, well, when men are good in an area, he's the salesman. So I thought he was good with sales and marketing, like, to let them do, do those aspects. But after, like, six months of this, I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. And it got to the point where I realized I was the unwitting, I was unwittingly the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. And I said, I told you from the beginning, I don't want to be a breadwinner mm-hmm. at all. But he refused to get a job. And by that, I mean, I asked him, why won't you go back to your $25,000 a month job? Right. He said, because it was failure. I said, well, what the fuck is this? Right. What
0: do you what mean is- it was failure?
1: Um, because he went out and started his own business, the one where he would rent, rent these cars and not make any money that it, and after having been on TV and stuff, if he went back to selling cars at a regular dealership, you know, I won't say what dealership, but at his the regular, you know, American dealership he was at, that would look like failure. And he didn't want people to think he was a failure.
0: And that is so mm. interesting because people thinking you're a failure is more important than not saying you thought he was a failure, but your wife or your future wife shouldering all of this financial burden when you could make $20,000 a month. Yeah.
2: But then, okay. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Is it that he wasn't actually Mm -hmm. making that or he was, but he just didn't want to. No, no, no. He actually actually
1: actually was. was. Okay. I pulled his tax returns. (laughs) I wanted to see what I was working with before I created the plan. Period. (laughs) But he he he, wanted
0: to be an uh, entrepreneur. He didn't want to be an employee. Correct.
1: Correct. And he's and he a bad businessman.
0: Business
1: That's what I said. I said you. <laughs> I said you are not a businessman. You're a hustler. And if <laughs> I want to be a hustler, I'm going to go get one of these drug dealers in Dubai who lives in an eighteen thousand dollar month apartment yes. with a heated pool. I have swam in one, and it was amazing. Yes. This I'm not committed to. I'm not committed to. So you have to decide: Are you going to be a hustler? Or are you going to be a businessman? If you're going to be a businessman. You got to sit down and make a damn business plan, and so he said, "Okay, you know, I'll do those things." So, all of the obstacles, I said, "You tell me the obstacles," and he said, "You know, I'm not good at reading. I, I have, you know, a learning difference, and this is that." I said, "Okay, great. Tell me these things, and we can work through." Them. And he said, "You know, and I don't have a lot of money." I said, "You need, you need some business structure. You need a mentor." I said, "I can't afford that right now." I found them. Uh, SBA has a program called SCORE. I found a free business mentor. He said, well, my the God. car industry is different. They're not going to understand. I found him a free business mentor who owned two dealerships, bought one, grew it, sold it, bought another one, grew it, sold it for millions, and was a man of color and lived in Texas. Wow.
0: Well, you just gave him the tools on oh, a platter. <laughs> yeah.
1: Set him up. He had a free console. And it was free Everything had a free consultation to do um well to basically how do I set up everything so that I can own a dealership and get the financing to do that. The guy gave him one hour consultation, it was amazing. I listened in, I took the notes. He never spoke to the man again. Mm. The man gave him homework and the man told him it's gonna take about a year and a half to two years for you to get your credit where it needs to be, have the assets, have the this, this, and this, then you'll be ready to get an SBA loan. He said, no, nah, man, I'm not doing all that. No, nah, man, he's talking about two years. Da, 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 da. What did you think was going to happen? You think somebody's going to give you some money because you was already to love? But what I realized is when you have this hustle mentality, you want to take shortcuts but get long-term results. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's just not the structure of the type of leader I want in my life. You cannot lead a household. You cannot lead my finances. You can't lead a business, actually. And okay. so those were some of the little things.
2: Okay.
0: That- because with the, with the Risa Tisa story, a lot of the comments I saw was she's a bigger girl. She wasn't used to men, you know, giving her attention. Here you are. Not to say anything bad about her. I'm just, that's what people were saying in the comments. Here you are well-educated, successful, attractive. Why, like, did you feel like that was your only option at the time? Like, why? It
1: was my option. It, What it was, it's, I think Sex in the City has some analogy that says men are like taxi cabs when they're ready to settle down and get married. It's like they turn on the light and whoever, <laughs> you know, comes past, mm-hmm. they're like, get in. And that's the person. Mm-hmm. I was the goddamn taxi cab. Mm. I felt like, I felt like, all right, I'm this age. I want to have kids. But the thing was, he was my friend. He was really nice. And for me, the turning point was this. Um, he was so good at convincing. You know, he's a salesperson. He's a fundamentally a good friend. He is a good human. None of his friends would say anything negative about them. And I know that they're telling the truth. Um, as far as his character as a person, right? And I say that to say, even my family was convinced, and for me, the turning point was my mom. I was—he did something. And I called and I fussed to my mom, and she said, "Simone," she says, "Simone Jeanette" is what she says with her little like, Creole accent. She'll say Simone Jeanette. I've—I know many of the men that you've dated, and I have to tell you, you know, there's got to be something wrong with each of them, um, and you're not the easiest person to love either. But I don't think you're going to be able to do much better than him. Mm. So you're going to have to decide for yourself, do you want to take that gamble or do you want to go with what you know and work with him? Mm. When your parent tells you that, you're like, oh, shit, well, keep going. because But this was before all of that had happened. Mm. Right. This was when I was complaining about smaller things. It was actually before I started paying him a salary and things like that. But one of the things that I did know is that my mom knows me better than anyone else. And she's actually an extremely reasonable person. Like, I have a lot of girlfriends who will say, well, my mom always takes my side. Mine doesn't. And I appreciate that because she will let me know when I'm wrong so I can self-correct. But it was for that reason when the plan wasn't working and I knew something was off, but I wasn't sure what. At this point, we were engaged. And I told him, I said, at this point, your financial issues are above me. I can't help you. You need an expert. I said, so if I find you a financial person who's going to help you on the day-to-day, get your numbers in order. Because I kept asking him, I said, well, what is your break even? Like, we need to know, like, can you even um, do the, the basics? I said, will you agree to work with the person that I find you that's going to help you for free? He said, yes, I promise. I said, okay, it's my mother. And it was. It was only from him working with her that I began to realize there were lies. Because he wasn't even telling her. He didn't tell her about the Porsche car note. He didn't tell her about a number of those things. And so as well as she lost faith in him, it helped me be okay, I guess, digging deeper. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel any form of like embarrassment because the same mentor that made me stay was who made me feel comfortable getting the hell out of
0: there. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and I have to say too with Risa, the mm-hmm. other thing that resonated for me was, remember how she talked about how he paid all the bills when they were dating? Yeah. So one of my rules is I don't do no 50-50 <laughs> and I don't pay mortgages. So he moved me into his house. He paid the mortgage. So the household bills were all covered. To my knowledge, the house was his, he was on the deed, but you know, his mom had to qualify for it because he doesn't qualify for things. Um, But the house that the only thing I contributed was I did 500 a month that could be used towards whatever uh, a food. I did 500 a month in factor. <laughs> I paid for our factor meals and the groceries, which I felt was very reasonable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so for that too, that was part of why I felt comfortable for so long. His house was beautiful; it was brand new. And you know, when you're you're not worried about a mortgage, you know, I paid my own car, no, that stuff, but you're not having to worry about that. You're contributing five hundred a month to the household. You know, yeah, five hundred a month, I guess, plus food. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't too bad. I felt like right. you know he that was paying was, most of the bills. Correct, correct. That bought him a lot of time. And he got a lot fewer questions. Mm. <laughs> Man. But little did I know, once I did the math, I was like, well, hell, you can do that because I'm paying your salary. The salary that I'm mm-hmm. giving you is more than the fucking mortgage. That's crazy. And then me paying for your office, you don't have to pay for an office.
0: Mm-mm. 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 But it's like, I... It's like, it's, it sounds, it sounds a little crazy, Simone, but also I'm like, if that's supposed to be my husband and mm-hmm. I know he was up, it's just a, it's just a rough time. We're going to work on it together. Partnership. You know, I already dug him out of some debt.
1: Right. I'm, I'm seeing what I think is supposed to be progress. It's right. just like when it's time to hit the bank, it's not happening. So as well. He refused to sacrifice anything on his lifestyle. All of the sacrifices had to come from me. So, for example, my birthday is right around New Year's every day. Mm -hmm. I I always say when we start dating, my expectation is take me somewhere for New Year's. Two days before my birthday. He says, you know, that New Year's Eve, that that birthday trip we're supposed to be going on. I can't afford it this year. Excuse me?
0: Two days before your birthday? She's been
1: saving the shipping books. Ma'am, especially you driving around in this Porsche (laughs) and this $3,000 a month vehicle. Right. And so I could be getting my time frames. He may not have had the Porsche that year, but it was, we were supposed to leave on Monday. It was Friday. And he was like, you know, I don't know how to tell you, but I can't do it. He's like, you know, the old me, you know, that old. Salesman talk. Oh, the old me, it would have done it. I would have moved money from this net, But I just thought I thought I was going to get this car deal done and it wasn't done in time. So I can't. So we're going to be responsible. And, um, you know, I got us a table. I got us a table at this club. So we're going to do something for New Year's. It's going to be here in Houston. And I said, but why wouldn't you tell me earlier? I said, I have a one hundred thousand United Airlines points. I could have got us a flight you could have told me what your budget was and I could have took care of the rest. He was like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. About to, I'm not about to let you pay for, for a trip on your birthday. So instead I get none? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it, but you, could, you had told me longer. At least I could have went by myself or went with my friends. He was like, what do I look like being your boyfriend and you're on a birthday trip with your friends? Oh. Again, it's all about the perception, not about my happiness. So I was like, this is utterly ridiculous, right? So that happens. I said, this can never happen again. Can never happen again. The next year, he did better for my birthday, but I still had to pay for the flights. I paid for the flights, not that. And then he would invite me to things with his child to go, like, a, like if his child had a out of town game or something, um, or a trip. But I had to pay for my own flights. That's that's odd. And then ultimately, I realized when when it all hit the fan, and he which is his own story, but when it all hit the fan and he went to social media to reveal that he lied to me and he misused the money and stole the money, he stole the wedding fund. Mm. And that was the culmination. He stole the wedding fund. He took me to the bank in April, put $10,000 in the bank, which was his portion of the wedding fund. He was supposed to put up 10. I put up 10 and my parents put up 10. Okay. He put the 10 in, in April and by June, we had15 dollars and 37 cents.
2: Oh my God.
1: He never when was the
2: wedding that. supposed to be? September 3rd.
1: Uh. I found out because I got ready to I was like, well I got ready to pay the down payment because we had already invited everyone. It was in Mexico. People had bought their flights. they had also bought their rooms at the resort. And the it was the resort was giving us this great deal. And so they, they created the room block and did all that, even though I had not yet given the down payment because who the fuck would invite all their friends and family and let them book rooms, but not put the down payment. I went to go do the down payment and we didn't have it there. We had $15 and 37 cents. And he never told me what he said instead. He came in the room. And he said, I can't marry you like this. It's too stressful. It's this, it's that. I said, what? He said, "We need to just elope." Mm-hmm. He said, "I said what? I said, but we already invited everyone." He said, Don't, "He said I have a friend. He's got a private jet. He said he will give it to us. We could take it one way there. We're gonna have to find our way back, but we could take it there. We could have a, hire our own photographer, videographer. It's gonna look amazing." Fuck these looks. What <laughs> about looks my amazing? Life? Right. What about my? It's going to look amazing to whom? Because not to my fucking family, because my family is going to want to know why is it about these non-refundable flights and this hotel room to go to this island, you know, to go to this country, only for us to uninvite them and do it ourselves on a private jet. Are you crazy? So he says those things, and I'm like, this doesn't even make sense. But at the time I'm processing, because I'm like, well, it went from I can't marry you to yeah, I can, but these are the parameters now so I'm, part of me is like still happy so wants to marry me and I called my mom and say, hey mom so I think we're gonna elope and she was like why what does that solve and I said uh well he said you know it was too much stress and that you and his mom you know really wanted us to elope from the beginning she says but how does that fix the core of the issue I said what's the core of the issue she said the fact that he spends his money based on other people's approval
2: mm. I
1: said well ma'am I don't mm-hmm. know And at that point, at the point when he said that I had not yet checked the bank account, right? So I'm thinking this is what he needs due to some stress-related things. It wasn't until I checked the bank account. Wow. um, And actually, now that I'm doing the the timeline, I think I checked the bank account after he went live to Instagram or to, to social media and gave his lifetime soliloquy. But either way... I, it was the fact that he gave this whole soliloquy and never told anyone he spent the wedding money.
0: And he the wedding him. money, it's it's not just that he stole from you. He stole from your parents too.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Seniors, mind you, my parents, before they st- my mom started working with him on his finances, when I created the whole plan, my parents loved and supported him so much that they said, Let him know we are willing to take a loan against our retirement to give him thirty thousand to pay off his debts.
0: Wow. Because he's gonna be our son. Because he's gonna be our
1: son. And sons make mistakes. And he, you know, he bought a franchise, he tried, he took risks, and he loves you, and he's so kind, and he is he's he was good to me. He was attentive, just like Reese's man. He would. You know, he he would take me to the doctor. He would do these things. He would uh, drop me off at my homegirl's house and pick us up from the nightclub. Like, he was my best friend. Hmm. He's just a crook.
0: So is there a legal, because you are a a lawyer, is there a legal action that you can take from someone stealing from a shared fund or a shared account?
1: So, So the thing of it is, the good news is he's a narcissist. And narcissists don't like being sued. It's very public. So in my situation, I haven't had to do that. Uh, My father and him have a strong level of respect as well as my father is fucking crazy. And so they have negotiated a payment plan to which I will say he has been paying um, monthly to reimburse my parents. So that is very good. Some months, it's a little, you know, but he has been paying monthly. It's going, it's going to be interesting when I remarry someone else because he's going to be on this payment plan for a number of years. It's a payment plan that he came up with and proposed <laughs> to my father because I say he, he was raised right. He comes from good people. He is surrounded by good people. He's just unable to plan more than 30 days out. <laughs> And he can't plan past what will everyone else think of my decisions. But so I say that to say legally, the answer is this. When they've done something like that, in my situation, um, I'm holding on to the ring. He asked for the ring back. Um, mm-hmm. and yes, he did. Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. And yeah. <laughs> you didn't give it back? No. Or, okay. good. No, because I'm like. This ring, oh, and we
1: must discuss this ring. Yes. Yes, tell us about that, the
0: ring. Because it's a big, beautiful ring.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. But this is also how I knew he was stupid. Um, <laughs> This ring, first of all, he gets the ring and he doesn't, he did not insure it. I did not realize this. The ring was appraised at $90,000. Damn. This man has paid off the ring. So you pay off the ring. But you don't put ten thousand dollars aside to have <laughs> the actual ceremony. What would be the logic, guys? <laughs> Just dumb. <laughs> All the it's way It's for the
0: look. It's for the I, look I, because I, he can't have his fiance out here with no little ring.
1: That's what it was. I said, "This is not my ring. This ring is for the public." Mm-hmm. Because one thing that used to grind my gears because I didn't, I didn't know what the ring was worth until I found out it wasn't insured, which was a long time out. Cause who the F buys a ring that expensive? I wouldn't walk out of the store without insurance on a ring like that. And you got on an airplane and brought it all the way to Miami where he proposed on national TV. Mm. Mm. But in that situation, I will always remember. So he had a wonderful son. He has a wonderful son. And I would always take the son to basketball games, tournaments and the things because he worked weekends selling cars. And, oh, by the way, he finally did get a job. Okay. Um, uh, Because I said, I cannot marry you. This is enough. Uh, Basically, I checked myself into, like, a a mental health place. Because I didn't want to wake up. And um, I tried to go to sleep with my car running. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But I'm very considerate. And I'm like, if I'm going to take myself out, I better not do it at his house. That's very rude. So... I lived in the garage of his house and I was on my way to my house. I was like, at least kill yourself at your own house, oh, you God. know? Oh so my God. My team would clean it up and not like him and his mom. So I'm on my way to my house. And, um, cause it was just too much. It was too much pressure. Like we were just bleeding money and I couldn't mm-hmm. understand how to make it stop and my health was failing and everything and he just wanted more and more and more. Um, and I, I just I couldn't give him any more. I didn't have anything to give. Um, he, he took my savings. Um, what? But he, he didn't take it. It was used to pay all all of the bills and at the time he had um, he had actually gotten me a loan for a million dollars. For my firm that he was working at um he created some fraudulent documents to get me approved for this million dollar loan but the loan was going to be 25 percent interest mm-hmm. due quarterly and i would owe 1.5 million in 18 months that was his solution and i just said i can't do this so i'm on my way to my house and it just happened to pass like it's like herman memorial like, it's one where you drop in if you're just, like, if your mental health is terrible. Mm-hmm. And I went there, and they took me immediately. Thank God. And treated me and everything. And they said, I'm not I'm not allowed to have pillows in my car, blankets in my car anymore, and this and that. And I talked to him about it, and it was then that he said, I will get a job. Okay. And so I was very grateful for that. And he immediately – he had been – yeah, he had um, been – then sent in stuff. And now he has a great job. He has a great job with a dealership that he feels is of the caliber. That's, you know, that he feels people will be impressed with. It's a very impressive brand. I won't see what it is. And um, But I just thought about it. I was like, do I really want to be with a man where I got to do that to make him get up and go to work? Right. Mm-hmm. For somebody, you know, like when I say get up and go to work, if you're working for yourself, but you- we're making negative money, it's not working. It's hustling. And so it was just, it was these things over and over where I was like, this is too much. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little off task, but for me, that was, it meant a lot that he went and he got the job, right? So I felt like, okay, we've got progress. We've got all of this. And going back to the ring scenario with him, with the job, I had to take his son to more basketball events and tournaments, like clockwork. He would ask two questions the moment he got home. How did my son do? And I'd tell him. And number two, did any of the moms ask about your ring?
2: Girl. Ugh. Baby.
1: And this was, not, this was not like one of the teams that are like, like hoop dreams. These were like the richest moms of Houston. It was one of the, those elite teams. Like mm. no one's house was worth probably less than half a million. One of those teams. And and a lot of times they would, we would be, we'd been on airplanes where I got us upgraded to first class and a woman would lean across the aisle and say, Oh my God, I want to tell you how beautiful that ring is. And he would glow.
2: Mm -hmm. It
1: made him feel wonderful. And I I liked that he was happy with how he picked it out. But the truth was we'd be shopping around in Costco and I would be handing at, Oh baby, look at this one over here. Because I knew our budget. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm totally fine with the Costco ring because I had so much faith in him that if we worked the plan, if we worked it together, we'd go from this Costco ring to some fancy smancy, probably $20,000 ring in like the next five years. I was content with that. But to know that you paid off a ring in one year that was appraised at ninety, it was $89,215, Okay. I don't know exactly what he did, but he paid it off. Are you fucking crazy? But you want me to be low? No, you don't get to make those choices for me. You don't get to take my dreams. And so, what I discovered, and the cruel part of it, is he would take my dreams and interchange them for his. Mm. His were superior to mine, including, of course, my dream of being a mother.
2: Hmm.
1: He stole all of those.
2: Hmm.
1: What
0: do you. What exactly do you mean by that?
1: For me, that was the biggest betrayal. So from day one of us dating, us talking, he talked about he had a son. At the time, his son was seven. I said, do you want more kids? Um, Because a lot of the men on the show did not when we met. He said, yeah, I want a daughter. Oh, that's all I wanted. I'd be fine with one. I'd happily be with a man who already had a son. That way I could have two. I later learned after I called things off last summer, The entire time of our marriage, he knew he can't have any more kids. I mean, of our our dating, we didn't marry. The whole three years, we knew each other. He knew he could never have a child. And he lied. He lied. And he made me think it was me. He sat with me at doctor's appointments where we were trying to figure out why we couldn't conceive. And the whole time, he knew.
0: Yeah. Oh that is sick. To me that is almost worse than
2: I mean yeah, I I compare
0: but like that
2: that that right there that
0: slowdown that's
1: because as a woman
0: you're thinking something's wrong with you. Right. Yeah. That's
1: and at my brain. age I would have believed it till my last day and by the time if if I ever would have found out it wasn't me it would have been too late. Right. It years and years into the marriage. But he also, I guess part of my clue was every other man that I've ever dated, when I referenced the fact that I wanted to harvest my eggs was super supportive. He was the only one that was like, no, you don't need to do that. Why do you need to do that? No, man, that's super expensive. We could save that money. Well, I later learned when you go through that process, especially if you're engaged or married, they test your spouse and that Mm -hmm. testing or your partner, that testing would have revealed that he can't have any more children.
2: Oh. Damn.
0: That is dark.
1: Yeah. That's like
0: when I... It's cruel. And I know you have mentioned that he is a good person. Yeah. Yeah, and that... I'm like, that?
1: That is cruel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I... and and he lied he lied he lied and said he went to the doctor and got tested and he was just fine and then when i i had, well prior to that for months i had bought like a a, a kit to, for him to take to test himself mm-hmm. and he kept making excuses Then one day i like put it under the pillow and i said i'm not having sex with you until you take this sperm test kit and he was like i'm not taking no home test kit i'm not doing that i'll go to a doctor but i'm not taking that Well, that's a weird response if you're perfectly healthy. And so I later realized as he continued the lies, the lies, the lies, just let me know my options, but don't steal my future. So some people say that I'm when I've referred to him as a scammer in a podcast, but this is what the kinds of things that I'm talking about. You stole my money, you stole my time, and you tried to steal my hopes and dreams. Mm, mm -hmm. All while having me raise your child, raising your child, which I love to do. I enjoyed it. It was the joy of my life. But give me the decision. Give me the right to decide if I'm okay with your child and not no other ones. Just let me have that choice. Mm-hmm. And you stole that from me, just like you stole my parents' money and just like you stole my time.
0: Was okay. So I've obviously been, you know, watching some material in preparation for this conversation. And I feel like you're very calm in this, in our show, but I've seen you, you know, spice it up. Yes. <laughs> and I know that uh, at least it doesn't seem like you're the one to mess with. Was there ever a moment of confrontation between the two of you? Um, I'm thinking of the moment in Risa Tisa's story where she's like, I was darting
1: around looking at what I could pick up <laughs> to
0: hit his yeah. ass.
1: Yes, so I know I'm crazy. So, the day that, um, the day that he told me the whole we need to elope, that was the night before. And then, it, I think it was, I think it was in the middle of the night. I looked up and I saw the fifteen dollars, whatever. I went downstairs, I slept on the sofa, I cried, da 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 da. And that morning, I basically I packed up all of my things from his house, and he was like, "Hey, but I still need you to take my son to basketball." I said, I can't do it. He said, but I can't get money. I need to do it. I said, all right, I'm gonna do it. In my mind, baby's not gonna suffer because his dad is a whole ass. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> took baby to practice, I took baby to his tournament and I went to my house. Um, oh, and then I, I packed everything up. So this is why he was at work. I packed all my belongings. Um, I go to my house, I call my parents, I tell them what's up. And then it took me a while. Cause I'm still processing things, but basically It was about six weeks later. So I never returned to his house after that day. Not once. Not to get a pair of panties. Mm -hmm. In fact, what happened was my father called him and said, son, I need you to pack up all my daughter's belongings. My son and I are going to be driving to town with a truck and we will be moving her stuff. Have it ready. And daddy got all my stuff. Right. Then about six weeks later. I was pissed. I, I, I lo- is when I lost it because the the stuff wasn't making sense, the lies. And most importantly, I started calculating all, I sat down and I calculated all the money he made me pay him, the resources, my savings, my why, all of this. And one of the things was he said we should have cameras follow us for the stupid follow our wedding. We went through therapy, like uh, premarital counseling, actually, Aventur and John Gray. Who were friends of ours? They actually did our premarital counseling. That is a red flag because we only did two sessions. We we're supposed to have five. Oh, yeah. Two is not two. enough. <laughs> yes. John and Aventure said. They said this is this is the real deal. We did two, right? But they were recorded. He had me pay five thousand dollars to some company to record this, right? Mm. Yes. What? <laughs> yes. Yes. Who's gonna record and edit it, right? Um, and the day that he had said, we can't get married like this. We need to elope. He was like, I'm just tired of living this fake life. I, I-, I feel like I just want to like, just like turn my camera on and just like, just, just like confess everything and just like take off my fake Rolex and my dr-. And I said, well, if that's how you feel, I go upstairs into your man cave, you know, just do it, record it, save it so that people can understand, you know, why we're eloping. That was the day, the one day that I was like, okay, we can elope so that people can understand why we're eloping, just, just save that, right? He chose not to do that because he diverged from the plan. Instead, he went live. Oh. I was upset about that because I said, you already made me pay $5,000 and we've been recording all of this stuff. It's not done editing. If you would have saved your stupid ass soliloquy, it could have been the finale episode where we would have at least got enough views on our YouTube channel for me to break even. I'm not right. trying to get rich here. I just want to break even and move on. You know, well at that point I didn't know I wanted to move on, but I wanted to break even and not keep bearing the load. Mm -hmm. So six weeks later, I realized that the sole point of his YouTube soliloquy was to make himself look like a victim to get people on his side and to get in front of it. It was not to apologize to me it wasn't because he really felt like he did anything wrong. So I called him and I said, no, he." I think, I think he had called me that day. He said, so I, I heard you, you know, you were mad at me and you texted me and you said I was selfish for spending all the wedding money. Well, I'm calling to tell you I did it for us. That was my recent moment. I did it yeah. for us. I said, pardon me? He said, "Yeah, babe. The wedding money, the 10,000, I I spent that for us." He said, "Remember back in January, I was late to pay my Escalade note, which was about that was 2500, 2200 a month there. That's the es- that's in addition to the Porsche." He said, "Remember yeah, we when I was late notes. on the and you can and you can't save 10,000 over the course of 12 months. Now I understood why. It was cuz I had no idea he had 5,000 in car notes on other cars that weren't necessary. Well, he said, remember when I was late on that payment? Well, and you told me you got mad at me because I got a 30-day late added to my credit report. And you said, don't ever do that again. If I ever think that I don't have enough and I'm going to be late to, to call you first and let you know. I said, yeah. He said, well, that's why I did it. That's why I spent the wedding money.
2: Now he tried to flip it on you. I said, but you
1: didn't call me first and you didn't let me know. He was like, but yeah, but I didn't want you to be that upset. So I just went ahead and I took the money and I paid the porch note and I, he pay, I paid my child support and I paid my other thing. Child support? He paid his child support. Yes. He used yeah. my wedding fund to pay his child support. He used oh. the wedding fund to pay his child support. And I'm glad I want your child to be supported, but I need you to do it. <laughs> See? All right. I need you to love your child so much you're willing to turn in an Escalade to ensure that his basketball and his this and his school and his extracurriculars are covered. Right. Because you're one person. I got a Maserati. You got a Porsche. Turn in the fucking Escalade. But he can't because he's renting it to somebody and how's it going to look if he repossesses it to someone he's renting it? They're not making anybody! money. <laughs> I digress. So when he told me that, I said, so wait a minute. So you felt this, said, so what I hear you saying is this is your leadership style. Hmm. Your leadership style is to have short-term solutions to long-term problems. He said, what do you mean? I said, you paid one month's car note late, right? But the truth is if you were to turn that car in in January, like I said, we would now have 17,000 more dollars and the worst that you would have is a hit on your already fucked up credit that is in the 500s. Ooh. It can't get much lower than where it's already at. But this is your leadership, stat. I said the problem is every time you go rogue from the plan, I pay the price. It's mm. it's my savings, it's my retirement, it's my I pay the price. You Get to look like a motherfucking G on the internet. And I pay the price. I'm sick of this shit. Oh, he got mad. That's what he says. I am a good man. I am a good man, Simone. I said, oh, shit. I done told that man, you're a good man, Savannah, too, man. Uh, he said, I am a good man, Simone. And I do not deserve to be talked to this way. You will not talk to me like this. Fuck that. And I said, you glad. That's all you got. Cause this was a long time coming. It was six months and all you got is a little cussing out. You should have had some windows broke, bones broke. I said, do you know how fucking crazy my family is? My father was on crime stoppers. I expunged his own record. Okay. And I have prevented them. They, they wanted to sick themselves on you and I prevented you from that. So if you can't handle a little cuss out from little old me, at that point, I was about 154 pounds. I've done better now. But I was like, if you can't handle this, you don't think you deserve this? Then you will got me fucked up. So he was like, he hung up in my face and he was like, fuck you, Simone. Come get your shit. Because even when my dad came and got my stuff, he left the most important things. Like he left the like designer things. So I guess he could open the lines of communication. I didn't come get no more shit, but I sure had my brother-in-law get it. So that was the for me, the finale. And um, I blocked him. And I didn't hear, I did not entertain anything further until at one point I sent him an email to let him know it was time to move on. And I called his best friends and I said, I know you guys are really kind and supportive of him. And I know that you are likely telling him, hey, if you just get your finances and things in order, someone loves you so much, she's going to take you back. I'm just calling to let you know I don't. And that this is a good time for you to start helping him transition, maybe introduce him to somebody at your church, one of your, I don't know. Uh, but it ain't going to be me. And I felt like the kindest thing that I can do, I believe the kindest thing that you can do for someone is to not waste their time. So the sooner you help him understand, I won't ever take him back. I think that'll be in everyone's best Um and, and at that point that I told him that, I also found out he had lied about the children having been able to have a child situation. And I referenced that. And when I tell you nobody who knows him that I've said that to has ever said that's not true.
2: Hmm.
1: They all knew it. Everyone knew it. They all knew. They knew it. I don't know that they knew I did not know. No, right. The people who knew me knew that, like, I treated his son like a son, like people, like, even when I would go to his tournaments, people were like, oh, so-and-so's mom is here. And I'd be like, oh, I'm the bonus mom. Cause his mom is very active. And I, I would like want to be very clear, but like, we looked alike, like we, we looked like, well, the child looked just like his daddy. So anybody could, you know, pose as the mama, mm-hmm. but it was, I even, so I had to, one of the hardest things was after it was over, I had to stop caring about his happiness. I just wasn't used to not. I was so used to putting the man's happiness and what they needed over my own. It took a long time. My friends had to be like cuz cuz even with the ring, I was like, "Well, I think maybe if I'm going to sell it, then I'll put the money in an interest-bearing account." They were like, "Bitch, what? We don't care." <coughs> no interest for him fuck that shit and i was like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right you're right you're right i'm not supposed to care so what if we put it in his son's name Mm. they're like it's not your responsibility
0: that is so interesting because again so many parallels it it must be like literally how our brains work when you're in a certain type of situation because i laughed when one of my girlfriends we were watching the risa tisa thing and when she sees him emaciated and she gives him money for chicken nuggets. <laughs> yes. My friend is like, why would you feed him? He don't deserve no nuggets.
1: He don't deserve a nugget. Not a nugget. Mm-mm. No, maybe uh, it, it, maybe if you dug it out of the dumpster in here, too. Yeah, those are... <laughs> I, I don't know if it's, if it's also like my genuine belief in karma, right? That mm. if, you, if you leave by treating someone really good, then... I'm gonna be treated really, really well, and I, I have to say, my new dating life has been impeccable. Oh, yes. yeah.
0: Oh. Period. So, okay, how is that going? How, do you think your trust has been affected? I imagine that might have it been affected. Was
1: the biggest trauma from aspect of the trauma for me that would make me so angry. I had a lot of anger, but it was that I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust. Mm. My judgment. I didn't trust uh, my wisdom anymore because the thing of it was, to be with him, I breached my fundamental rule, mm. which is we do not date men who are financially unstable. But at that point, in the pandemic, everybody was kind of financially unstable. But it just—I had no idea that it was to that degree. And the other thing that's my fundamental rule is I don't date hope. If I have to hope he's going to change into what I want, I always would like look at my friends who are hoping this person would change. I didn't realize that's what I was doing, so I had to forgive myself. And the way that I've gotten back to trusting myself is saying we're gonna go back to the fundamentals that we know work,
2: mm-hmm. because the
1: truth of the matter was the quality of men that I dated when I, you know, dated them seriously, they were actually really good. It was just frequently, it was the timing of when I met them. Hmm. And so when I started to unpack that with my therapist, I redeveloped trust in myself because it was like, Oh no, wait a minute. This is the, this is the only financially unstable man I've ever dated in a decade. Hmm. My little sister, whenever her girlfriends would have, she's seven years younger, her girlfriends would have trouble, like with dating in Dallas. Or to, She'd say, oh, call my sister. She knows how to find a good man in a cave. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot that I, I really had. But what I realized that I'd say the two or three men in my life that were financially unstable, the way they won their little position in is they were super attentive and nurturing. It was the love bombing. So mm-hmm. I realized you got to just, if you could look out for the love bombing, because that's easy for a broke person to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They got time. <laughs> yeah. They had nothing but it. <laughs> nothing but and so once I got back to that and I was like, wait, I not only have had quality men and just as the quality men had come into my life previously, they're going to continue you know, to be there. It's going to take more time. So I cannot be on the time rush that got me into this debacle. But if I could just continue enjoying my life and enjoying my day to day, you know, the, the other week I woke up and I was like, man, I miss the beach. And I just bought a flight and left the next morning and went to the beach for a few days by myself, had a great time. When I went there, I, I met fantastic, interesting people. Um, and it went from there, but I can't live my life waiting on a man.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And those things to have helped me find joy and peace in where I'm at because it has now been about seven months since that happened. And it, immediately when it happened, I had told my ex. I said, "I'm dating." Oh, because he tried to say, "You need to move back in." I said, "Excuse me." He was like, you need to move back in. If we're going to work on this, I said, no, 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 no. That's that's not how this works. I said, I don't have the time to wait for you to get your shit together. Because uh, it's going to take you a long time. His base level of debt was $300,000, yeah, unattached to assets. He had $150,000 like SBA loan he had $100,000 he quit school $100,000 worth of school that he quit for grad school so it's that 250 so so 250 um that was unattached to an oh yeah and then he was upside down the difference between 125 and 85 on his car so what was that another 30 or 40 yeah so it's about 300k unattached to an asset and i said so you got to knock all that out and I had been asking him, just file for bankruptcy, just file for bankruptcy. He was like, I can't. Everything's in my mama's name. <laughs> Yikes. So I said, well, you didn't tell your mama to file for bankruptcy. I said, tell your mama to file for bankruptcy. He was like, I can't do that. I said, why not? She's a senior citizen. What's she needed for? Anyway. <laughs> um, Wait,
0: but you still want to be a mom? Do you have plans? Like, are you doing egg freezing or anything like yes. that? Yes.
1: So I am actually, I'm either going to go to Barbados or Dubai and freeze my eggs this year. Um, because I love both of those places. The men in Dubai, they love me. Treat me like a little <laughs> princess. And it's literally a third. It's 5,000 to do it in Dubai. It's 15 here and it's 5,000 in Barbados. Shots out to my homegirl, Shona. She actually owns a um hotel there and that women stay at when they go there to freeze their eggs. So I'm probably going to do that. Yeah. I am excited about that. And then the men that I date now, they don't have kids. And well, some of them have kids. hope he doesn't watch this um but uh they all want they all want children and they are very um excited about the option i just i want to put them in the refrigerator because i ain't rushing right Mm -hmm. i ain't rushing this time so yes i'm gonna do that and um And and, and the interesting thing is each time that I did go to try and freeze my eggs previously, I would do the test and the doctor would be, literally I've been tested every year since 2018. And the doctor was like, oh, your numbers are off the charts. You got eggs for days, girl. (laughs) They were like, so that's why I couldn't figure out why with my fiance, we weren't getting pregnant because we were trying. Um, So I was so blessed to have found out. That mm-hmm. he couldn't have any because I tease now and I'm like with the way that I'm dating now, Lord have mercy, I would have had an accidental baby with the right <laughs> somebody that wasn't, you know, my husband and I'd be a little I'm too old to go to the clinic. So
0: Wait Did you already did you already say exactly how you found that out? Mm-mm. I know you found it out, but like how did you find that?
1: Um out? well it was twofold. So he had lied and said he went to the doctor mm-hmm. and I pulled our something sitting well. I pulled his insurance explanation of benefits, which I know how to do as an attorney. Explanation of benefits. It says all of your visits, what they were for, and what was done in each. So they like literally itemize it. And so he said when he went back to get it. So first, when he yelled at me and said, I'm not going to take your stupid at-home test. I'm going to, um, I'm going to, but I'll take one at the doctor." I said, oh, okay. And then he went like a week later to get his annual. I said, okay, how'd it go? He was like, they don't test for that in an annual. I said, they test for whatever you asked them to. You didn't ask <laughs> them to do it. He's like, no, I'll go and I'll do it next week. I was like, no, you're not. Cause you only have one, like you hate the doctor. You're not doing that. But he lied. He said he went. And I said, okay, what day did you go? I said, well, I told you I wanted to go with you. He was like, oh, well, no, I just went, I went on my lunch break. I just went up there on my lunch break. Okay. And I looked and it wasn't on there at all. Hadn't seen that doctor since the annual. Had nothing done. And he actually lied. He, was, he, he called me like fucking recentista legend. Called me on the phone and was like, yeah, yeah. So um, just got a call from the doctor. And the doctor called me back. It was like, I'm good to go. I'm good to go. That's not how you get the results of a sperm test. <laughs> it's not you're good to go. They give you a level. <laughs> Low, normal, high, not... And, and the doctor's African. That African meant nothing to talk about. Hello, what you say? You need to go. No! That's not how this works. Like, I'm not stupid. And I was just like, that's not how Dr. So-and-so even talk. Like, and then I, I just sat with it, right? I sat with that. I was like, I don't think that's that. But I had, so we had so many other problems at the time. I didn't prioritize it. And then... Someone close to him that knows him well had said, you know, um, I always appreciate it. But it was basically like I always appreciated how we always appreciated how great you were with his son. You know, were you OK with not with knowing you would never have a child with him? And I was like, what? And they confirmed like, yeah, no. Mm-mm. Because his last child was a miracle baby. He only has one child. And that was a miracle. Straight yeah. up miracle. And he had told me that, but he told me the problem was resolved and it was not fixed. That was just a miracle. Yes. I was
2: like, so yeah.
0: You threw the ringer. Okay. So now you guys are both, you both still reside in Houston. Mm -hmm. And I know Houston is big, but it's also like, from what I understand from my friends there, it's kind of like a small town because everyone knows each other. Correct. Have you ever run into him?
1: I saw him once. Well, I didn't really see him. My friend saw him at a Christmas party. And what was funny is like before I went to the Christmas party, I was literally looking at like the sponsors and the people that were throwing it to make sure that it wasn't one that was associated with him. And on what I saw, it wasn't, but like he was there. But apparently he's doing well. He's got a new girlfriend and like they are happily ever after. She's supposed to be a beautiful girl that looks like me. Um, but I look like the last girl. So I mean he's got a type, so that's great. And um I'm I hope she doesn't want any children. So mm, oh my god. Like, or a house. Or a house. That was the other thing. Like with Risa Tisa, used to, I I'm so fucking sick of looking at houses. We looked at so many goddamn houses. And I used to be like, why I remember there was this million dollar house, and I was like, I didn't think very highly of the realtor who was taking us. So I was like, "What idiot is going to take us to see a house without a pre-approval letter?" After we left there, I was like, "Well, even if we could afford this house, like I wouldn't trust a realtor cuz what idiot would do it without a pre- He was like, "I gave him a pre-approval letter." I said, "How?" He said, "I made it up on the internet." <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was a Chase one. It was a Chase one. Just like Reese Witherspoon's dude. Oh my! These God. Are... So when I heard, I was I lost my mind. Ooh.
2: You don't understand
1: how aggravated this shit made me. Like before, I had like my episode where I was like I couldn't take it, or maybe it was right around that time. I actually so with his phone, with his phone, because men are stupid. Um, <laughs> one time I, I was using it and um, I added my face to the the password thingy Ooh. so I can always unlock it with my face. Smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls do it. Um, so I did that, but then when I was like, really frustrated with our financial situation, everything I got so mad, he would always sit around and he always loved to watch million dollar Listings. And he'd be like, will you watch this with me? And I'd be like, no, will you get a job? Yes. Um, <laughs> I would take his phone. And I, I was so mad this day. I deleted every realtor app on his phone. I deleted realtor.com, Zillow, like all of them. After I found out like he made up this shit and he had a driving around town going to these like million dollar listings. At one point there was a property that was like 600,000 in like a dream area. Like it's where I live now, third ward. It was going to be a fixer upper, but it had a pool and it needed like $300,000 worth of work. And he had just accepted the offer for his new job. This mofo made up another one of those letters and got us a tour of the house and was really trying to convince his mom to like find some way to sign off on us getting this $600,000 house because he got the new job. Boy, what? Leave the I mom said, alone. Why? <laughs> hey, you going to get this lady another heart attack. Bless her heart. Carrying your load. I said, no. I said, what was the rule? If we can't get it, it's because we don't need it. Mind you, I, I have a real estate portfolio. I have three properties. One in Houston, two in Dallas. And he used to always ask me, when are you going to sell your Dallas one? Because... My Dallas one has like 180k in equity, but I make revenue of like over a thousand a month on it because I I got a great deal in Section Eight. And he always be like, when are you going to sell it? And I remember thinking like, he always talks about how in second grade his teacher said that you know he's a slow learner and this and that. I was like, I think she might be right. Just- <laughs> no I did I was like who does all of these things like who wants to sell a property that's bringing in a thousand dollars a month with 180 equity like but it's still bringing in a thousand dollars a month and it, huh so that you can get a dream house so I can increase your salary but I realized like the thing with me my, my mom used to say you have to be careful of men who don't have a conscience And I always thought that looked differently. I thought that was men who kill cats and shit.
2: Mm.
1: But it's also men who create fraudulent documents. Correct. What was that? I said uh, there's a spectrum. (laughs) There's a spectrum. It includes men who create fraudulent documents to get what they want Mm -hmm. in the short term at your expense. Whether it's your happiness, whether it's you to keep dating them even though you you he is not who he has said it was. It's people who do those things at the expense of your future and your happiness to satisfy themselves. So I think as a whole, one of the biggest takeaways I had is to be more cognizant of what does it look like when a man really doesn't have a conscience. Because we also have to remember that conscience is the same thing that helps him keep his Peter Weeder in his pants. Okay. That's the same thing. That's the same conscience, though. Because in recent years, that man was over here, you know, with peaches, buying blowjobs <laughs> for $60. Baby girl, I, I don't know if you watch stuff like this, because I know you're very busy working, but <laughs> up your prices. Up your prices, girl. <laughs> your yeah, prices I was like, is that, was that the price? Girl, yes, that was the price. Yes! So but I, I not... just, I believe. They don't have no. These men don't have a con and you you could be attentive. You could be these other things, but when a man doesn't have a conscience, there is no limit to how he will abuse your happiness for his. Because that that's what not having a conscience is. Right? It's saying f what you need. It's about me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's about me.
0: Ooh. Well, hopefully. <laughs> there is you know this there's a lesson there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow i think i'm glad that you're yeah. enjoying your dating life now um man
1: it's still scary because it is new and i am working on like getting my glow back that's my mm-hmm. biggest thing cuz i was just so when i started dating i was so optimistic i had actually just moved from dallas Yes. From Dallas to Houston. Like when I met him, I hadn't been like here like a whole month kind of thing. And so like with Reese's situation, I saw people were like, she didn't have no friends. And it was like, I had friends, but none of my friends knew him. And I didn't know him because I was new in town. So I was ripe for the conning. Mm-hmm. Um, So I definitely feel like I I want that glow back that I had, because that glow was a large part of what allowed me to attract positive people in those things. Um, But that also comes from me beginning to trust myself again. And specifically, once I realized the lie about the children, I realized he just kept moving the, the goalpost. He kept moving the football field. Like there was he was going to out lie me out con me no matter how hard I tried. Because again, even with the background checks, Oh, he realized I did. I checked his background. Cool. He's going to put it in other people's names. He's going to do these other things. And so I had to, I was better able to forgive myself when I realized that he was going to just keep moving the goalpost, but that once I got the concrete, the $15.37. And I was out that bitch. I was out. And that was good. Because I never had to look back. I didn't do another chance. I didn't give him a chance to show me five more houses. <laughs> Bless his heart. Although he tried. He, he definitely.
0: And you didn't You didn't marry him. And you didn't no, have a, child, a child with him. So. That is true. Just- Someone was, someone above was looking out for you.
1: Yes. And I also feel like all of this is going to make me so much more appreciative of my husband. I can just see him now. He's going to be like, he's going to be handsome. He's going to be a little nerdy. He's probably going to be a little boring, but boring men don't con you. And I'm right. I am going to cuddle up with him watching CNN happily. (laughs)
2: Happily.
0: Oh. Wow. Well, thank you for taking us on this journey. Yes. Um, <laughs> thank you for sharing your story. I think it's important to see all the different types of women that this can happen to so that those comments like, mm. it could never be me, like subside. Um, yeah. yeah, we appreciate it. Can you tell our listeners and our our group chat where they can keep up with you. I know some of them probably will recognize you from that like viral P. Diddy clip.
1: Oh, yes, yes. I do legal breakdowns as well. Actually, I have to go do one right now on Portia filing for divorce Ooh. against her scammer husband. Okay, but, but, wait, that, girl. wait,
2: wait, wait. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I know you have to go, but. Okay.
1: Oh, no, I don't have to go. I'm actually chilling.
2: Do you think that they did it so that he could like? hide assets with her oh no but it's no. better to be married in those I, cases right because you
1: can't like um yeah no make I, wife. she had no freaking clue I think she had no clue that he that she had no clue that he was illegally over here my friend she's also Both a lawyer, his, lawyer. He, his visa's been up been up so what it is is he yeah he went to go move over his status just before the wedding. He had just been over here chilling, boo, chilling, um, on a fake sharecropper visa. That's what I call (laughs) it, okay? It's a worker But like, he's over here on a light-ass sharecropper visa, someone else's name, it's not even him, because of the fact that he was deported under his own name. Like, there was a whole deportation thing issued under his actual name because of all of his frauds. And... He knew he had those frauds. So he married a woman and thought that marriage would keep him there. And because the marriage didn't, the fraud didn't, and he still got deported under his old name. He got the share per- sharecropper visa, right? And he had been moving back and forth. He would be able to travel. That's why Portia didn't know. I believe she did not know because he could go to Dubai. He could go to Africa. He could take her to these places to come back. She had no way of knowing. She found this out this year from the internet Because what he did was right before the wedding, he was like, ooh, let me get this moved from a green card to permanent citizen. Because once that happens, he can never be deported. Like he could literally murder someone and they cannot um, deport him once that status is converted. So that's what he tried to do. But once it failed, his backup plan was marrying her. That is why he married her. It proposed within a month. She Mm. was, the marriage was his backup because he knew he got rejected, right? He knew he was getting rejected previously. He got rejected and was going through this stuff. But the thing of it is the standard, the first marriage was considered sham because they never lived together and they never even consummated it. And the standard for marriage is it must be basically an open public marriage, what better freaking way to have an open public marriage under the immigration status than to marry a woman on national TV um, and have a wedding special, um, and, have a wedding special. Um, and have a wedding special. Cause he knew if he got with Portia, she'd have a wedding special and she did Bravo helped him satisfy what he was missing. So very clever of him. It sucks for her. So I don't blame her because she's like, I'm not going to prison with your ass. Right. That's for you by yourself.
0: Yes, I don't mean, put. Hopefully, me she gets some money.
1: Maybe. Um. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be nice. Ooh, I wonder <laughs> what's gonna happen if they can deport him in his house. Ooh, it's gonna depend on if they have a prenup because she's still in that house. Yeah, hopefully she can keep that house. <laughs> I-, I have to look it up and see how much I'll he owes on I mean, uh, tuning yeah. in so what you
2: have. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yes. And yeah. I'd love to
1: come back any other time. We can break down some like celebrity legal tea, legal drama. Yes. Love so that. we gotta bring Jenny Ma and Jeezy. Mm, I think that I think that pre prenup might get set aside because it's some stuff that Jeezy done did. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> but that be for another day. For
2: another, <laughs> another day. <laughs> I love it.
1: Yes. Well, thank you so much. And you guys can follow me on YouTube at girl, is that legal? And then on Instagram at attorney Simone Redwine, Simone with a Y. And I'm working on my TikTok. It's, I don't have that much going on, but on TikTok, it's is that legal is my name. Yep. Thank you I so much. Simone.
0: Thank, thank you for you. coming. And I just want to say really quickly, I know you said you're working on getting your glow back. I just want to say you radiate so much in my opinion and your glow is there. Thank Your glow you. is
1: there. Where do you ladies live? I want to hang out in real life. I yes.
0: Know. I'm in LA. And where are okay.
2: We're in New York.
1: Oh, oh, okay, great. Um, my bestie, she lives in Harlem. So sometimes I go up there. Hey. Um, in LA, I'm working going like, back there. Oh, one of my first dates. He was really fun that I had there. Jesus is hilarious. He was like a CFO of a company. He's a bit of an alcoholic, so that didn't work well. But <laughs> okay. I saw what God was doing there, and I loved it. I loved it. Yeah,
0: yeah he's steady. coming. Long he's on his way.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to
0: be in – g- I'm coming to Houston at some point, so I'll let you know.
1: When yes. Know. Okay, let me know. If you're ever in Houston, Atlanta, or New Orleans, Okay, let me know. Oh, I we love Essence
0: Fest. Yeah. Oh, I love Essence Fest.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> My family's from New Orleans. so, And I think my new boo is going to be in New Orleans.
0: Mm. (laughs) I see some etouffee in your future Ah, yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you ladies I really appreciate it I love this
0: yes thank you bye bye
2: thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting and we'll see you next week. Bye.